0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the twenty. 20- 4th of May. Oh, Giannis, where did you go last night? We'll talk about that. Some recap of Tony Jones and David James's interviews and your questions on a Facebook Live edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. It is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise. Geeky numbers and hopefully some fun conversation that makes it more fun to be a jazz fan and keep you through the offseason because there is no off season for true fans. It is Locked on Jazz. You can get it on the brand new Himalaya app. They put out another update today. It's so cool. They've got great playlists, curated playlists, different little sections. If you haven't checked out Himalaya, please do so and follow Locked on Jazz on Himalaya. Also available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Jazz. Uh, really appreciate all the sponsors this week Grip6 is here for you at Grip6.com slash lock for your Father's Day um, gifts so make sure you go grab that Um, also special thanks to Hotels.com for their support this week and untuck it 20% off with the promo code NBA today's show uh, loaded up Father's Day some fun stuff Um, taking place so all right let's get to it Um, I really actually want to get to the we always run out of questions so um, I want to get to questions as soon as possible Um, Miles Daniel Julio and Julie Mendoza uh, Brandon Parker welcome thank you very much uh, for tuning in Um, by the way Julio and Julie share their Facebook page like, I've always like, come on, really? Like, we're that bonded? You're that together? Like your Facebook p no I'm just kidding. Alright. I'm just giving you a hard time. Kind of. Kinda of busting you actually. Uh I I thought last night and I, I brought this up on DJ and PK uh today. Um I th- I think this is an intro I watched last night's game and I really, really felt As though things that that Giannis was absent in the final seven, eight minutes of that game. And for an MVP of the league to go away in that manner, in that big a game, in a game five, to me was just a sign that he's not quite there yet. And and interesting to me is I kind of wondered if this was my only one who thought this because when you went through Twitter, he got a pass. Now, he is truly one of the absolute great dudes out there, and so um, he absolutely deserves the benefit of the doubt. He's had this amazing year, and everyone loves him, and... But he, I thought, on a, in the Twitter sphere last night, he just got a total incomplete pass to his performance, and it's not that he didn't give it his all or anything of that sort. It's that he doesn't have the game to do it. Like it wasn't like he had a bad night. I just don't think he has the game to do it. We're eight minutes left, nine minutes left in the game, 9.30 left. It's a 78-76 Milwaukee lead final. Giannis turns it over. Lopez takes a shot. Bledsoe takes a shot. Giannis misses a layup that Siakam blocks, and then he fouls Kawhi. Lopez misses a shot. Giannis in an open court turns it over. Giannis makes an incredible block on the other side because he's great. I'm not... Bledsoe gets fouled, Lopez again, Brogdon after that, Giannis makes the three at the 404 mark to make it a 92-90 game, Brogdon, Brogdon, Lopez, Giannis gets the alley-oop dunk, which is basically being Rudy, Bledsoe, Middleton, Middleton's pretty quiet in here too for a guy who wants a max contract. I hear a lot of Brogdon, a lot of Lopez, a lot of Bledsoe. That means either Toronto is forcing the other guys to make plays or these two guys that are max, supposedly max players are not making the plays that they need to make. So pretty interesting to me, like just the level. Now Kawhi is just unbelievable right now. Right, 40 minutes, 35.7 rebounds, 9 assists. And it's so simple to say... Well, you just have to be like, but, like, look at the contrast. Nine-minute mark. Van Vliet hits a three off a of Kawhi assist. Kawhi hits a three. Kawhi hits a three. Kawhi goes to the free throw line. Van Vliet misses a three. Uh, Powell misses. Siakam dunks. Gasol misses. Kawhi misses. They they struggle here. Siakam off a of Kawhi offensive rebound. Or off an offensive, after a, Siakam offensive misses. Gasol off a of Kawhi assist gets a three. Kawhi gets a jump shot and scores. Lowry goes to the line on a drive. And Van Vliet hits a three off a of Kawhi assist. Kawhi misses the three, gets his own rebound, and gets fouled. And the game, that's, you know, we're now down to 34 seconds left. Kawhi makes one of two free throws. Kawhi misses a jump shot. Gasol gets fouled on a crappy play by Lopez, and then the game's over. But everything there was Kawhi. Whereas Giannis came down the floor and just sat outside the three-point line and had nothing to do. Pretty stunning. All right. Um, did a little interesting work the other day on two years of favors, Gobert, favors without Gobert. For over the last two years, when we've had favors and Gobert on the floor, it's a plus 5.9. We've had Gobert and F- – On the floor without Favors, it's a plus 9.2. And actually, when we've had Favors on the floor or Udo on the floor, it's the exact same. Without Gobert, it's plus 2.3. What's interesting about this is, so the Jazz, per every game, is about a 6.1 positive over that two-year span with this team exactly as it is. And in that time period, we're we're about per game we're about 1.7 positive with favors and Gobert together. We're about 3.6 positive just in the in the game, right? Not a, per 100 possessions as we do everything else, just in the game. So with Gobert, we're in for the you know whatever what I I think I counted is 14 minutes a night that favors and Gobert on the floor were plus 1.7. For the 19 minutes a night, we have Gobert with a stretch on the floor. We're plus 3.6. And then for the 15 minutes a night, we have favors on the floor without a center over the last two years. We're plus 0.7. Comes out to plus 6.1. If you stretch Gobert out to 33 minutes just playing with a stretch four, and frankly, our stretch fours have been an old Joe Johnson, Tabo Cephalosha, Jonas Terebko, Jay Crowder, I didn't go to the Boris Diaw run. Um, So it's been, right, it's been a unique group. George Niang. Only with that caliber, not necessarily with a good one. Um, Or, you know, a high-level, like, elite stretch four. In those 33 minutes, if you stretch Gobert out, it's plus 6.3. For the whole games, we've been plus 6.1. So if we could stretch Gobert out plus six, we actually then for the other 15 minutes a night that Gobert's not on the floor actually just need to be even and we'd be the same team. This honestly is a pretty strong argument to moving. Now this these numbers have some noise and they're flawed um, in the sense that Favors and Gobert only play starters' minutes, whatever this lineup would be. But if the if the Jazz over two years with Gobert and not great stretch fours have been plus nine point two or six point three, if you were to give them a whole kind of thirty three minutes of a game, it the biggest concern about stepping away from Favors because he's been so great and and so terrific is that you might not be as good. This leads me less concerned about that. Doesn't mean I don't think Derek's doesn't mean I think anything less of Derek. It means I think that Rudy is really great. And he's and you have a third team all NBA guy. Congratulations to Rudy. Like so you build around that. And it lead this leads me a little bit more like I could make a good numerical argument. Someone might be able to poke holes in it. That this should allow you to step away from the the Gobert favors with a little more security. Now, if Rudy gets hurt, you're in trouble. But if you're if anybody other than the Warriors loses an all NBA guy, they're in trouble. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. Hey, Murdoch Hyundai's got some amazing things going on right now. Zero percent APR for 72 months. And service bonus. I love this. Uh, retired military, active military, police fire, first responder, thousand dollars off. That's going on at Murdoch. Hyundai right now. We're dri- I'm driving the Santa Fe. It's funny, as I have the new Santa Fe, my son has the last year Santa Fe we bought for him. And, or we, Well, it's a third car in the family. It's not his car, of course. He's just the only one who drives it, and the license plate holder has his name on it. But it's not his car because we wouldn't give our son a new car, right? Like all that garbage. Um, so, Because it has every safety feature imaginable, and I got in a car with a 16-year-old and saw what it was like, and so we got a car with every safety feature imaginable and then put him in that car. Okay, so it's really, you know, my wife can drive it. I, you know, Whatever, you got it. It's all that parental semantics. We were like the Hyundai caravan up last night, and it was pretty funny because then we turned into our street, and there's a person who owns two Konas on the left-hand side, and then there was a Tucson on the right-hand side, and then we drove up and we crossed another. I was like, it's a Hyundai convention. It's people who figured out that you get more for your dollar when you buy with Hyundai. 4646 South State Street in Murdoch. Jason uh, Creech is there. does great job. Blake is down in the Linden store up in Logan as well uh, for you. 0% APR for 72 months. That is a big big deal right now uh for you check that out at murdoch hyundai at forty six forty six south state street also uh big huge thanks to our friends at grip6.com for their support this week grip6.com slash lock to get your special father's day deal it's the only belt uh that i'm wearing all right let's get to your questions Uh, morning to a lot of people who said hi. I like that. Do you think Rudy can become a 20-point-a-game score at any point in his career? I think that's unlikely. Um, I do think so if you look at Ru- – that's from Kyle Flan- uh, Finneman. Um, so if you take a second and look at Rudy, what I do think is interesting in regards to Rudy is what a poor – shooter he is from either three feet out or five to ten feet out, whichever way you want to look at it. So Rudy from five to nine feet last year was was um, was 30 of 40 for 32 percent. Now, I think that's probably the wrong uh, in the paint. Non-restricted. He took 75 shots. He shot 35 percent. And then and then he's I don't really want Rudy taking long twos and I don't really think I need Rudy shooting threes. But if Rudy could take the next step, which is that when he rolls to the basket on the pick-and-roll and someone gets underneath him, and particularly if it's a lower play, smaller player and he can't get all the way to the rim, that he then has a base and an, a move he's comfortable with that allows him to finish. Now, I know the easy, you know, he should finish 50% of those. Okay, Jokic finishes 50% of those. So, I don't think Rudy should be at 50%. But from 3 to 10 feet last year, he was at 34% on 126 shots. Okay, I think it's fair to say that Rudy could take that up to 160 shots easily, right? To a game if we felt more comfortable. And maybe if we really felt more comfortable, three of them. And if he could get that to 45%, okay, that's not a it's, that's a good number, by the way. But if he could get that to 45% from the 34% he was, he's big enough, he's long enough. I don't think that's a crazy, crazy number. So he suddenly goes 72 of 160 instead of 43 of 126. He's now taking two of those a game. He's making them at 45%. And in turn... He makes an extra 30 field goals a season. So he's averaging, you know, an extra one and a half points, one point a game about, if it was 40, it'd be exactly one. Then he gets to 18, he gets to about 16, 17 points a game. And I think, actually, if he got that good at that, we'd go to a little more. He gets to 17, 18. But I, I don't know how he would become a 20 point a game scorer. And I think the league is going to adapt to the way Milwaukee plays defense a little bit, making it harder and harder for Rudy to get at the rim. He set the dunk record last year. I don't think he'll be able to do that this next year. And so I think he's going to have to learn that. I hope that's the item he and Alex Jensen are working the most on um, this offseason. You know, Rudy will tell you, you know that he is 75% at the rim and the best finisher in the league. He's got to take that from 3 to 10 feet. I don't need him to be 10 to 16 feet. And I don't need him to be 16 to 3 feet, and I certainly don't need him to be Brook Lopez because his value is that roll to the rim. But, I mean, if you just look at a layup, so Rudy had 315 dunks this year. According to Basketball Reference, Rudy was 156 of 316 on layups, 49% on layups. That number could come up, Right. A comparable big guy, you know, could it could get that number up um, in his layups, and if his layups can go to fifty-five or sixty percent, that's where it is. Joel Embiid is fifty-nine percent on layups. Okay, Rudy should be able to be fifty-nine percent on layups, and that would give him, you know, an extra two or three points a game. Um. You really like Tobias, but I think you said that you don't like Donovan at the point in that scenario that we give Tobias the money. What do we do at point guard? Um, Braxton Strong with the strong question of the day. What do we do at point guard? Um, I don't know. We've used all of our money for Tobias Harris, and we don't have a lot left. I don't know what we do at point guard. Do we use one of our exceptions and see if you can go get a Thomas Satoransky? Do you go see if you can go get a a Tyus Jones? Do you go see if Alfred Payton's available and they have another non-shooter there? Or do you have Donovan learn how to play point guard? Or do you play... Bouncing, moving the ball, and you're starting Donovan, Royce O'Neill, Joe Ingles, and Tobias Harris, and Tobias Harris, and um, Tobias Harris, and Joe Ingles, and Donovan are all playing interchangeably. Uh, fair question. Uh, but I, I think Tobias can play with the ball in his hands a lot. Um. So I think that's um, a thought. What are your thoughts about D'Angelo Russell to Utah from Dustin? So I think D'Angelo Russell had a great year. Um, I thought his highlights were amazing. Uh, His growth is great. Uh, He obviously improved a super amount. And I am very analytically based. And analytically, he is—he's so he's got guts and gumption and all those kind of things. And he puts up a lot of points. He is a player that, for me as an analytics guy, is is really hard to grasp. Here, here's why. Now, let me clarify something. He's 22, and he's just made a mammoth jump. So there's a lot of room here, but. He's 98th percentile in usage, so he u- he's using a ton of possessions, 35%. His points per scoring opportunity is 53rd percentile. It's okay, and his assist percentile is great. What's disconcerting about him is he only takes 17% of his shots at the rim. He's in the 13th percentile of all players at his position in how often they go to the rim. He takes a huge amount of mid-range shots, which in this last year he was pretty good at, actually. He hit 46% of them, and that helped. But he doesn't get to the rim very much. In turn, he's in the 8th percentile of positions in foul drawing. So the two singular most efficient things you can do as a player, get to the rim and draw fouls. He's in the 13th percentile and the 8th percentile of shooting fouls drawn. He just... Doesn't do those things very often. I think it's and he's and in turn he's a negative pack player or negative points game player. Um, it and in that model by which he's he's playing, it becomes incredibly difficult for him to become a positive points game player. Donovan has some similarities here frankly. Their very their their efficiency levels are and their age is is very similar. Donovan is a negative 1 points game player and Russell's a negative 1.1 points game player. But when you dig in to Donovan there are there are scripts here by which you can say all right, he could probably get better. Donovan who is at the 55th percentile for his position in in his points per scoring attempt Instead of being in the thirteenth percentile on rim attempts, is right at league average, and instead instead of being in the bottom of the league and shooting fouls drawn, is near the mid, is a little bit above average at the fifty eighth percentile. Donovan's issue is the amount of sh- short mid range floater shots he's taking. He's taking nearly thirty percent of his shots at that, making thirty six percent of them, which is not enough. So he's in the ninety third percentile of all shots in that range for his position, and in th- the 36th and makes thanks to clean the glass. There's not another guard in the league who actually has Donovan shot distribution. That's effective. And so Donovan, I think just has to alter how he takes his shots and where and move some of those more to the rim or back to threes. Whereas D'Angelo Russell has fundamentally a shooting chart that leads to not being an efficient player. And so I, that's my concern on D'Angelo Russell. Um, But he had a great, great year. What do you think Royce O'Neal's ceiling is? Not a great deal more than what it is. I, I think I mean some players are just really good NBA players. Like I mean, Donovan has these projections that are kind of crazy and great, but like Royce O'Neill could just be a really good NBA ten year NBA veteran who's a nice player on a team. Like I don't know everyone's ceiling doesn't have to be like Royce went from twenty three minutes to twenty seven minutes a night. Like that's in the uh, oh, those are playoff numbers. Like I think that's a big jump. He went from he went from 16 to 20 minutes a night. I think he's going to 25 or 28 minutes a night. I think he's a 28 minute a night player who could start on on a team that uses him correctly. He could defend. Like I like him next to Donovan. Like I always talk about Reggie Bullock next to Donovan. Knockdown shooter, big enough to defend. Now the. Both of them are very similar. I'm not sure that Royce is the same knockdown shooter, but he got to 39 percent this year. Um, he hasn't had 753s yet to to be his number, and I think, um, but and he lacks a little lack lateral speed out on the perimeter. So is Reggie Bullock, but Royce O'Neal a player that actually matches a little bit next to Donovan. If you're putting the ball in Donovan's hands, as Donovan learns how to play point guard. Lock my dream offseason would include Jimmy Butler, Pat Beverly at the point, change my mind. Well, um, since you share your Facebook account with your wife, just kidding, that's kind of a joke from earlier in the show, Um, I'm not sure that, I'm not sure I love Jimmy Butler, just, I mean, there's been chaos everywhere he's been um, at every moment in his basketball career, and actually, frankly, in his life. I think he has... um, like a zoo factor. I think there's just a lot of animals running around. There's kind of chaos around all the time with him. And so I'm not sure I love Jimmy Butler in that regards for chaos. i certainly not sure I love Jimmy Butler molding my young Donovan Mitchell. Um, Patrick Beverly brings a level of toughness and makes some shots. And um, he is really small, but he is tough um, and has a value in this league that's good. Um, you know, I can't, you can't, you gotta like somebody, right? Like I have a tendency to find what's wrong with everyone. You gotta like someone. There's a lot to like on Patrick Beverly. Uh, today's show is brought to you in part by homie. The real estate world is changing because of these guys. Homie is changing where the real estate world is going, how it is happening and why it is happening. Uh, or, and what they have done is instead of just taking the 6% real estate that, uh, Commission that everyone gets—they that that's just not going to be the model anymore. We're just going to change the way it works. And so, what does that mean? Now you pay a set fee, at fifteen hundred dollars, and Homie lists and posts your house instead of one agent. You got a team of Homie agents, Homie crew working for you, and Homie is selling. Houses faster than the market value right now, and homie is getting more than the market uh, average for their each of their listings. so find out more about homie at eight by texting lock l o c k e to eight eight five eight eight lock to eight eight five eight eight you can save a significant amount of equity in your house sale when you use homie and there's no reason to be giving away extra percentage because you did the upgrade in your house, because you live in the right neighborhood, because you have, the, have done the right things, and you're hitting the market at the right time. You should get that equity. You should be rewarded, and that's Homie's model. Text LOCK, L-O-C-K-E, to 88588 to find out what Homie can do for you.
2: Hi, this is Nate Duncan from Locked On's Hollinger and Duncan podcast. Those of you who listen to our show know that I try to take a measured approach. I'm not prone to hyperbole. It really takes something special to get me excited. But with all that said, Theragun is simply one of the best products that I have ever used. I just turned 40. I've always loved to work out to play basketball when it's safe. And as I got into my 30s... It just wasn't possible to do that anymore the way I wanted to because my body didn't feel right. And Theragun has helped me fix so many of the aches and pains. i tried everything, massages, chiropractors, this at-home device, handheld percussive therapy has worked better than any of those for me. And now the all new Gen 4 Theragun has a proprietary brushless motor. It's so quiet. It's no louder than an electric toothbrush. And best of all, you can try Theragun risk-free for 30 days. There's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4 with an OLED screen, personalized Theragun app, and the quiet and power you need starts at only $199. Go to theragun.com slash locked on the name of this network right now and get your gen four theragun today. That's theragun.com slash locked on theragun.com slash locked on. Uh,
1: I would love to get Conley and Tobias. Can we afford them both? Also, I'd like to keep favors. Okay. Like, right. And I mean, I would like, Whatever. Daniel, that's kind of absurd. Like, that's the that's where, like, and then you go kill the front office for not doing enough. Like, it's a salary cap league. There's a set value on things. I, I, I actually can't figure out the Mike Conley trade right now, by the way. I mean, I guess the Mike Conley trade is that they have to want Derek Favors, and you're re-signing Favors and trading him to them. But they have Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson Jr., so I am not sure why they want Derek Favors. And I have yet to figure out how we're coming up with thirty million dollars of money to go get Mike Conley. I I hear a lot of people talking about, well, we'll probably revisit the Mike Conley deal. I, I'm pro- maybe missing something, but Mike Conley's at thirty million with two years left on his deal. We'd have to get to thirty million of salary, so and they have they'd have to want something. Like we'd have to give them something they want, so if it's not favors, then and it's it's Joe Ingles. If it's not favors and it's not Joe Ingles, like I think you have to do um, Dante Exum, Kyle Corver, and then I guess Corver would probably retire or some or you know do whatever he wants, but get released again and go through that. Um, and Dante? But that trade didn't actually work. That wasn't actually enough money. That was twenty three million. So I have to adjust that trade again. Like I can't do it, guys. Grayson Allen like I can't do it. Without favors, if you're not including Joe Ingalls, and they if unless they want favors, I don't know how you're getting thirty million dollars to get to Mike Conley anymore. I'm not trying to be like, like we're not. you don't want to trade Royce O'Neal's $1.3 million contract, particularly if he might start for you next year. Tabo's a free agent. You can't move him. You actually really can't trade J- Kyle until you pick up his option for the year, because now he's non-guaranteed money, or he's only worth $3 million. Jay, I guess they, they could decide they want Jay as a backup four. Um and then I mean if I throw ton- I've now got 5 guys into the trade and it's still failing. Um so I I I keep hearing people saying the Jazz are revisiting the Mike Conley deal. I I I I might be missing it. I don't see it. Cuz I don't see I don't see the deal. The deal was when we had $30 million of reti- of 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 salaries that were expiring, you could go do that, but we don't have, those aren't contracts we have anymore. Favors has to be a part of it. They have to want favors. With Jonas Valanciunas and Jaron Jackson Jr., I don't, I'm not sure where they're, why they want favors. I could be wrong. Um, Tony says the Jazz have a good chance of signing a good player because not many teams have money. I see it differently there are too many shots at good players, especially in the big markets. Um, there's a lot of money out there this year. We're going to have to pay more than other people are willing to, and that might be the number. That's how we get it. There's the point guard roulette. I have those that sheet over here somewhere. I mean, the Kemba one gets interesting. If Kyrie goes to the Knicks... Or let's say Kyrie doesn't go to the Knicks. Kyrie goes to the Lakers or something. Then Brooklyn's got a decision of what they're going to do. And as Tony talked about, you could go after Spencer Dinwiddie after if they went to Kemba. Celtics go to Rozier. The Pacers have a point guard. Orlando's looking for a point guard. Miami's looking for a point guard. Chicago's looking for a point guard. Uh, don't know what the Clippers are doing. But they're probably trying, now they're, you know, we, Sam Amick and I talked about this a while back on Locked on NBA. They're signing, you know, the latest is Durant and Kawhi together. Um, Suns need a point guard and the Hornets. So if Kemba doesn't sign, if the Hornets don't sign Kemba to the Supermax, he's now out on the market. And I think it becomes a Brooklyn, Utah, Indiana, Orlando, Miami. Like, that's hard. Um, to, you know. So it's... in our our market, you have to be off we're offering the same money. It's hard for us to go get those guys because we're offering the same money as everybody else. It's likely that Rudy eventually develops a reliable jump shot at some point in his career, and do you think we need that to happen to feel comfortable offering him the supermax? I don't want Rudy shooting a jump shot. What seven footer is taking fifteen foot jump shots that's a good idea in the NBA right now? Like I don't want I want Rudy to establish Five feet with some, and layups with some level, but not a jump shot. Jump shots easy, dude. What I want is hard. Why do we criticize Giannis for not showing up, but offer Gobert the Supermax when he hasn't near that level offensively? Is this the same guy? No, this is the guy that wants Conley, Tobias, and favors all at once, and then wants to know why we're not offering and wants to know if we can keep Rubio as a supermax. Daniel Olsen, I want to live in your world, man. That would be awesome. Um, we cannot keep Rubio as a backup. He would not want to come back as a backup. Um, I'm criticizing Giannis as a MVP candidate when the final nine minutes of the game was a non-factor. And whether you sign Gobert to the supermax or whether you criticize Giannis is a false parallel. Uh, Chris, what is your opinion on why Drake acted the last uh, Raptors home game? Should he be allowed uh, to roam the silence? No. Just because you're a rap star or whatever music star or pop star does not mean that your f- rules as a fan are differently different than any others or that you're a team ambassador. You should not be touching your own head coach. Um, it, like. If we allowed the Qualtrics guy to suddenly like be giving Quinn like like we can't be doing that like, you know, like, no, I thought he was totally out of line. I don't know if Kemp is going to get the Supermax from Charlotte. Um, I'm starting to think that trading for Dinwiddie and going after Harris is our best plan. Thoughts. So how do you do both of those things? Would be my question. You probably have thought it out. I have not. Um, Alright, so so basically Kemba's signing in Brooklyn. Brooklyn needs to move Spencer Dinwiddie at that point. But they would want to do it for money. I would think. Spencer Dinwiddie's new deal is 11, 12 a year? What's What's Spencer Dinwiddie's new contract? Three-year extension at thirty-four million. It's a good deal. So you're trading. Um, I don't know how you're doing that. You're probably, so you're not signing favors, and you're trading like Joe Ingles for Spencer Dinwiddie? Is that what you're doing? How are you getting $11 million for Spencer to Spencer Dinwiddie that gives Brooklyn something that they want? Would be my question. Um... Daniel Olson's back. He wants to know what he can do for game night giveaway. Game note giveaway got banned. Having your first baby daughter this month—that is awesome. Um, the Spencer the game note giveaway got banned. Got got eliminated. Does points gained indicate just how much better the Warriors are than everyone else? Did it predict the NBA playoff outcomes? Oh, I didn't do it in that sense. It predicted Milwaukee at the beginning of the season and Toronto at the beginning of the season as the two best teams in the Eastern Conference. Um, So it did that very, very well, and it had the Warriors ahead of everyone else. It had Houston fading. It actually had a pretty good year in predictions. Yeah, I mean, it has the Warriors with Durant. It's ridiculous. I love Rudy, and I know he's great on defense, but do we really offer him a super max without having some type of jump shot or maybe softer hands to handle passes? Um, I think so. Like, And by the way, I think he gets Supermax for being defensive player of the year, too, by the way. I don't think this was a new thing that he suddenly became Supermax eligible the other day by being third-team All-NBA. I think he actually already was Supermax eligible on his next deal by being defensive player of the year. I might be wrong. Daniel Olson, you are busy today. Um, You're all over it. Um, Ryan Johnson, could the Jazz take on gallows big contract and get an asset out of it if the clippers get desperate enough to open up two max slots that is a good question um, so there's two things on on that one is that you have to be a gallows at 21 million it's not that huge a contract you have to be a little willing to um, you have to be a little willing to to accept that Gallo can be healthy. But the the model there, by the way, is you have to let Favors go, open up $21 million of cap space, and then you take Gallo into the cap space with a pick to open that up so that the Clippers can become great. Right? Like, that's we did that once with the Warriors. We opened up the Iguodala cap space for them. So we could get two picks, which turned out to be Tony Bradley and Rodney Hood, and they got Iguodala and became a monster. Like I still think it was probably the right deal at the right time, but like understanding that what you're doing there is you're allowing the Clippers to become a monster. Will Neto be back? I think we'd love to have Neto back. The timing is not great on that guaranteed contract. If we were to land Tobias, what point guards would be available at the price we could hit? We talked about that earlier in the program. Is it less likely the Jazz go after a restricted free agent because of the time it takes and the risk of letting other unrestricted free agents sign elsewhere? And also, to go after the restricted free agent, depending on how much money you're offering, forces you to make a decision on your other players in that time period that have their contracts coming up. Yeah, a restricted free agent is, um, is hard. Would you prefer a cheaper solution at point guard that leaves room to sign some kind of stretch for and would be a bigger name? Um, than, like, what Kemba does. Yeah, I mean, Kemba's interesting. You go sign Kemba, I don't know who you're... What you're doing for your stretch four. Right, cause Favors is now gone. You're trying to sign Robin Lopez for probably a million or two or something as your backup center, maybe Dwayne Dedman. And then you're trying to go find uh, Marcus Morris, Jamichael Green, or someone like that on the cheap. With one of your exceptions. It's really a very different... Tr- very, very different team. Um... And our final one of the night, Corey Green checks in. Here's our point guard resolution. If Kyle Korver comes back, and if the Jazz took a leap to offer Darren Williams a two-year deal, then Darren Williams could be our point guard. And I'll leave you with that thought for the weekend. Have a great one. Enjoy Memorial Day. Talk to you soon. Thanks very much for tuning in. Grip6.com slash lock. Untuck it is available for you with a um, great deal at NBA with a promo code NBA for 20% off. Have a good one. Talk to you soon. Rejecting
2: the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits
1: your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday...